Welcome to the Human Centered Leadership Podcast with me, your host, Kulmahe. I have worked in the leadership space for three decades, and now I work with organizations and leaders to develop powerful cultures of high value and performance that is built all around their people. We will interview leaders from around the world and at the very top end of their game to explore what emotional intelligence in practice actually looks like and the benefits that it could bring to any team. This is a movement to transform the way that we see leadership and to create powerful cultures where people feel seen, heard, valued and appreciated and consequently perform to the very best. Why don't you join the movement and subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to click on notifications to stay up to date with all new content. Welcome to another episode of our show uh, where I get to interview some incredible people from around the planet. Leaders who have established themselves and are at the very top end of the game. These are people who I've seen, I've approached, maybe I've worked with, uh, who have inspired me. Sometimes people just catch your attention for the things that they're doing. Very often these people don't shout and yawp about it, but often these people are incredible. So I'm looking for people around the planet who are practicing emotional intelligence and demonstrating emotional intelligence. Uh, and, and you see the benefits of having and adopting that kind of a leadership style. Today's guest is, uh, I'm particularly excited to uh, interview him because he's a former police officer just like me. In fact, Andy uh, left the police service, um, I think only a few months after I did. So he's had a similar kind of time out of the police service, some seven years or thereabouts. And um, Andy has gone on to do some incredible things. Um, I came across Andy's profile just a few days ago, but we've been connected for a long time. Now, Andy, since he's left the police services, after 32 years, he was a cadet just like me, and then 30 years as a, a police officer, he's gone on to do some incredible things. He's a digital workplace change consultant. I'm going to have to find out what that means. Uh, he's worked globally. Uh, he's a founder of a, of a podcast, a Blue Leavers podcast, which I'm excited to say I'm going to be a part of soon. Uh, and he's a drummer in a band. You know, some that's pretty rock and roll, isn't it? Pretty cool. And of course, he's a property entrepreneur as well. I'm sort of exhausted. I'm going to pass over to Andy. Andy Labram, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Girl, thank you so much. I'm exhausted listening to it. It's uh, and my wife will tell you that she's exhausted as well with with everything <laughs> that goes on. But I'm, so, I'm truly honoured to be here. Thank you so much. You're doing incredible things, Cole. And uh, likewise, I've been following you for a long, long time. And um, yeah, really so impressed with you with your post-policing career as well and everything you've done and what you're doing now with Ignite Your Inner Potential as well and TV series you've got so much going on really really honoured to be here thank you Andy thank you so much for saying all those lovely things uh, I think it's sort of there's an old phrase and it takes one to know one type of thing you know I'm equally inspired by everything that you're doing but uh, you made a comment there about your wife is exhausted I think my wife would say the same thing I, I guess you're a bit like me you get excited about little things and and then you pursue mm. these ideas and these dreams and and some work and some don't but uh, it's the journey that's uh, quite exciting isn't it it really is yeah very much so and um it's having the freedom to do those as well i think Carl. it's the you know within within our careers as you'll very well you know remember we were stifled a little bit in terms of our creativity i think and what we yeah. do outside of of law enforcement and understandably so it's very governed and strict and you know i always thought you know with with years and years before i left policing i always thought i wonder what i can do outside and i wonder how far i can go and um, 
you know, having that freedom to just run with things is is really exciting and it's a real privilege. We had a short conversation yesterday, didn't we? Um, we're talking about leadership, which is, of course, what this podcast is all about. And, and leadership also starts from leading oneself. You know, I, I always say, you know, first rule of emotional intelligence is to become in, incredibly self-aware. Uh, and, um, you know, you, you just mentioned there that you couldn't do half the things that you're doing now or think in the way that you're thinking now because it wasn't sort of the done thing in the police service as much as we try to say that we were very creative and innovative in the police service. Perhaps we weren't anywhere near as much as we could be or uh, we are right now. So, uh, and there's all sorts of reasons for that, you know, as you mentioned, the governance uh, structure that we needed to have. Uh, I truly believe that uh, perhaps we overdo that sometimes anyway. Uh, in many organisations, many organisations become risk averse and, and, and they sort of stifle creativity and innovation. I'm just working with a healthcare provider right now, uh, having done a cultural audit where it's demonstrated exactly that. A lot of staff are saying, hey, I've got all these great ideas, but I don't feel that I'm able to bring these ideas out because the environment around me is so risk averse. Uh, and, uh, you know, would you say that that was your experience in the police service as well? Yeah, very much so. I think um, there is a real culture of uh, amazing decision makers. There's some great decision makers. There's some others who aren't quite so good. But I do think that uh, being a little bit risk averse uh, for, uh, you know, the main concern is that people come in the next morning based on decisions that you've made and look back with 2020 yeah. hindsight and, um, you know, can pick it to pieces. And, and that creates a culture of, of fear. And I don't think it's, it's just necessarily in policing. I think, you know, I've worked public and private sector and um, it, that, that can be across the board. And it's, it's uh, I think organisations are, are becoming more creative and innovative, um, many organisations, but I think those that are particularly linked to the government and, you know, the public sector in particular are a little more risk averse than those who are outside of the public sector. Yeah, I don't know what it is about the public sector, and uh, I've done a lot of work uh, around, uh, you know, quite a big spectrum of the public sector. I think there's some something around the bureau bureaucracy that exists uh, within the public sector, and that's why it becomes such a hard um, animal to turn around to influence. Uh, and very often, you know, people use the analogy of uh, transforming cultures a bit like turning the oil tanker around. It takes forever. Uh, now, I don't particularly uh, sign up to that because I some, sometimes I think the, we say these things and it's almost like an excuse not to do something. Um, but there is this sense of bureaucracy, the sense of you have to jump through various hoops to get things done. Um, and that exists not just in the police services, you quite rightly say. I think it's a, it's a norm within public sector and it's probably, uh, you know, something from bygone days, really. And it still exists in, in the here and now. So you left the police service like I did. I remember I left the police service and my first my first day as a non-police officer, bearing in mind I joined when I was 16 just like you did. So man and boy, that's all I'd ever done. My first day as a mister was 1st of January 2015. When was yours, by the way? Mine was the, uh, the as I, I retired on the 30th of April, so it's 1st of May 2015. So 1st of May, literally just like a few months after me. What were your first thoughts? I'd been excited about it. I was really excited about the future. Um, but as I approached retirement from the police uh, after 30 years, a, a few years before I, um, I really started getting a little bit anxious about it, 
I ended up with um, with significant alopecia. Actually, my hair was falling out in lumps. Wow. Um, it was it was the fear of the unknown. It was I have no idea. This is all I've ever known. I have no idea what to do next. And um, I mean, you wouldn't believe it now. You know, looking at the hair I've got now, but it was it was I literally had to take it to the bone, and that was you know it came as a real shock and. Um, it was it was genuinely that fear of the unknown. It was the, the pressure building. I have no idea with a few years to go what it is that I'm going to do and how I can push on. Um, but I, like I said earlier, I felt that there was something in me that could push and, and see how far I could go. That's incredible. So had you got, had you got no plans for what you were going to do? Well, probably similar to yourself, Carl. I think um, you have a few ideas and you have an idea on what you'd like to do of sorts, but you have no real idea on how your skills and experience that you've picked up with it. I was in a, I wasn't a senior role like you, but I was in an operational frontline supervisory role and how that could transfer across into another organization and the skills and experience that you've got, you know, they very, they are very frontline operational based or, you know, with that strategic level from your side of things. Um, and I was really concerned. I, I deeply concerned about how I could actually show that I had the right skills and experience to map across into another organisation outside of policing. That is so common that I hear this an awful lot. And I experienced very similar uh, feelings myself, despite the fact that I'd gone away over the, 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 the 10 years before I retired. I'd gone away and I'd got coaching skills and uh, I'd been reading books and been to conferences and I'd, I'd equipped myself and prepared myself for leaving. But in that last year, last two years, maybe, I really b- began to doubt myself. And I'll be honest with you, that doubt, that self-doubt still creeps in every now and then, what people call imposter syndrome. And I know that you also were saying that you still suffer with imposter syndrome now. Yeah, hugely. It's um, And it is something I have to, to keep a grip of. Um, you know, if I get called into a meeting with... Um, you know, people senior to me. Um, the first thing I think is, what have, what have I done? What ball have I dropped? <laughs> you know, it's those sort of, and, the, and it is, it, and I, you know, I'm, I do feel very, very fortunate. Um, you know, as I said, I was very operational, you know, I was a firearm sergeant, I was operational bronze, all of these sort of things, you know, incredible roles. Um, all of the, the best roles within policing from an operational perspective, I was really fortunate to have. I have to say my, some of my best times were, uh, as a silver commander and a gold commander for critical incidents, was working with the likes of the public order officers and the firearms officers, highly professional officers. Uh, and uh, I very often have thought, you know, in the current role that I perform now, what would it be like if I had uh, some of my former firearms officers who are highly disciplined and really focused, and, you know, how they would help me to move forward in, in the work that I do right now. I think that skill set, we don't understand and appreciate how incredibly powerful and important a skill set that is. Absolutely. And, that, and that's exactly the reason why I set up Blue Light Leavers, Cole, because, um, you know, more and more people were hearing that I did OK outside of policing. I moved to project management then it's a business change. And um, I think the beauty of of what we've been allowed to do is almost reinventing yourself as well. So I did courses exactly the same as you and seminars and, and uh, re-qualified in, in, or qualified in certain things, you know, within project management and business change. Uh, really invested in myself as well. I know you've done the same thing and I think that's really important. But you're right, I think it, it's understanding that skill set and the, the leadership skills in particular that you've picked up 
from the type of incidents that you've dealt with, whether it's completely frontline as a PCDC, whatever it might be, but you still pick up these skills and, and um, these, you know, hopefully that emotional intelligence, the ability to, to really manage your own emotions and to understand the emotions of others. And yeah. my sort of key skill, is you like, if you like, is, is the relationship building side of that emotional intelligence. You know, I moved into business change. I've worked alongside some amazing organisations, I've had some incredible roles and I think that's also why the imposter syndrome pops in because you can't quite believe how things have progressed. And, you know, within seven years, um, in fact, within five or six years, I was um, working with a, a global um, fashion retailer as platform lead for the modern workplace technology. I mean, my background is frontline operational. You know, I'm former support group, uh, I'm former dogs, I'm former firearms, public order you know it's I'm very frontline operational and then within six seven years um, you know I'm and I'm now working with an amazing consultancy that's that's doing an oracle rollout for, for an organization and and you know I look back and I can't quite believe how far I've gone and like you said earlier you know we own a I play in a band I didn't pick up drumsticks until I was um, 48 and, um, you know, I've been playing in a band for a few years. That's incredible. Um, you know, we play weddings, parties. We had a gig at the weekend. We've got another gig coming up this weekend. And it's, you know, I just feel incredibly fortunate to have the ability, the ability is the wrong word, to have the opportunity, I should say, to to be able to reinvent myself and actually use those skills that I've picked up in another sector and another organisation and really push those and drive those within other opportunities. You know, we, we bought a rehearsal studios in, in our local town completely systemized and processed that so everything is done remotely even the lighting and and the doors and everything is all done remotely it's just you know the ability to be creative innovative and use these all i'd ever done was policing literally all i'd ever i'd worked at tesco's you know for, for a short time and other than that was policing and so it's the ability to recognize the skills and experience that you've got from a previous sector or previous roles and think you know, how can I actually utilize these really effectively and just run riot with them, basically, just have some fun and see what happens. And it might not always work, but so far, touch wood, you know, things have gone incredibly well. I feel incredibly lucky and very, very grateful for, for what's happened post-policing. I tell you what, Andy, you know, I've literally got tingles on the back of my neck listening to you because <laughs> I, I could be talking about me and my emotions in my journey, uh, you know, post-policing. Uh, just listening to you, uh, the difference is the incredible things that you've done, you know, picking up drumsticks at the age of 48 and now playing in bands and being paid for that and, you know, having your own recording studios and working with global organisations and working in a position where you are consulting, where you are advising and guiding and moving an organisation forward. Who would have thought that you'd have been thinking about doing, even thinking about doing any of this when you were a police officer. And who'd have thought I'd have been, you know, yesterday I announced on social media that uh, a, a police drama that I had co-created, that I had the vision for from a conversation with a scriptwriter has gone into production with the BBC and it's going to be aired on BBC One in a few months' time. Who'd have thought that we'd be doing these kind of things? And I think there's a... Aside from the emotional intelligence, and I do want to come on to that, but there's another message in here around self-leadership. Uh, for anybody in any organisation doing anything, thinking about leaving, 
and having this 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 heavy weight of imposter syndrome on your shoulder right now it's to say to you it doesn't matter how old you are doesn't matter what you've done know that there is something on the other side of the door and that you don't become irrelevant and you don't become invisible just because you leave one organization that you might have spent your entire adult life in like you and I did you can still have a life outside of that and beyond that mm-hmm. and i genuinely believe andy this is what keeps me young this 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 desire to constantly move forward keeps me young keeps me healthy and i see so many cops and you you will probably have seen the same i see so many police officers who retire at the age roughly at the age that we retired at 48 and a half 50 and suddenly that's it they define themselves as being retired and suddenly you see them getting old looking old and having old people illnesses and i've seen senior people in the police service who who had a position and a status and a recognition in the police service suddenly becoming mr miss or mrs outside of the police service and um, and becoming invisible and i think what a waste of talent what an incredible waste of talent that would be so well done to you for 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 picking up the mantle for yourself and for for contributing back into society and doing all the incredible things that you're doing. Now, one of the things that um I think is very very important, we talked about the imposter syndrome there. It the imposter syndrome for me is a, is really a definition of the relationship that we have with ourselves. Now, I always say that the your biggest friend and your worst critic in your entire life is going to be you. So that's an ongoing relationship that we need to nurture throughout our entire lives it never stops as far as i'm concerned but then there are lots and lots of other relationships outside of ourselves that we have to nurture and i realized the importance of relationship building a long long time ago you know back when i was a beat bobby and i recognized that uh, having a cup of tea with the guy that built the burns all the council rubbish at 5 o'clock in the morning would be so critical because he would be able to tell me what goes on in the high street who which shop is opening up early which shop is having problems uh, you know what burglars might be about Uh, and and i think the one of the things that we've learned in the police service you and i have probably learned is is this art of relationship building because without that you really are going to struggle as a police officer so how has relationship building worked for you post policing you you're right it is a key skill and um and it, i don't think the importance of it is truly recognized and i think certainly the skills that i picked up um you know around relationship building <clears throat> excuse me within the police um they undoubtedly have had a massive impact on on my post policing career but i think it it's not just you know people talk about relationship building but it's it's actually connecting at a deeper level and i think it's it's about showing kindness and showing empathy and understanding someone else's perspective and point of view and actually being prepared to listen to them. Yeah. And then, you know, if you relate that then that relationship building and that connection at a deeper level, um from my side of things, you know, having been freelance and and helping guide and support others from the emergency services who are now looking to transition, you know, I I push the importance of things like interview skills. But when we're talking about interview skills, we're talking about trying to make that early connection. and but if you look at all of the key skills that are required now within a work you know within a career from the interview stage all the way through to to leaving an organization 
you know, the, the, that ability to build those relationships is linked to all of those key skills that are really sought after within different organisations now. You know, being the ability to be able to communicate at all levels, um, you know, both in writing and, and you know, face-to-face and non-verbal and, you know, we talk about mirroring and these sort of things as well. It's actually, it's, it's understanding really listening and understanding where it is people are coming from and you know the ability to work in a team and and collaboration in particular and innovation and creativity they all come back to relationship building they're all really deeply linked to that deeper connection that ability to um to manage your emotions and to recognize you know where other people are at and communicate with them at the right level all of these things are so vital in, in a modern workplace, particularly when we're doing, you know, a lot of hybrid working nowadays. Yes. You know, so being able to um, to portray that in the right way across a digital platform such as Teams or Zoom, it, again, is really key. So for me, that that the skills and experience that I've picked up in that previous career in policing have been absolutely vital and, and literally trying to make a, a split-second connection with someone when you're in an interview and those sort of things is is you know, all the way through to to developing and moving on within an organisation, it all comes back to relationship building and the ability to do that. If there is one skill set that I think is fundamental in today's world, it is the art of relationship building. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, there's no real art there. It's actually about stripping back and becoming more human, hence the human-centred uh, leadership uh, uh, podcast. But... Um, it is about becoming more human in your interactions, more authentic in your inter- interactions, demonstrating more vulnerability Completely. in your interactions. And the more vulnerability you demonstrate, uh, the more people are going to be drawn to you. Because I think, by and large, nowadays, um, having gone through the experience that we've gone through over the last two years with the COVID experience and uh, the pandemic and the, the isolation, people are drawn to authenticity now more than they ever have been. Uh, and this is what I'm picking up from so many organisations that I'm working with, that when it comes to leadership, people are looking for authentic leaders. They're looking for leaders who can make mistakes and who admit making mistakes. And relationships carried me through the police service. I mean, I was an introvert from the outset. Uh, and um, and you will know that uh, in that era, in the time that we were in, I, I think extroversion was probably a more sort of demonstrated skill set within the police service Mm. more cops were extroverted uh, and uh, i think the introverted cops or introverted members of staff would be sort of set by the sideline and i realize there's a power in introversion as well and the power is that when you have one-on-one relationships you can actually create deep lasting relationships now one of my tests for this was um, i used to get really frustrated with the bureaucracy so you know whenever something would be wrong with your computer you would have to fill an online form in to get your computer fixed or your phone fixed or or this, that, and the other. I never did that. I refused. I, I, I just didn't want to buy into the bureaucracy. So I'd phone John in, uh, in, uh, in the computer department, in the IS department, and uh, I'd say, John, have you got time for a cup of tea? And he said, yeah, come. I said, can I bring my laptop with me? Because it's not working. There's something, could you just have a quick look at it? And he'd fix it there and then, whereas somebody who hadn't developed relationships and was just simply driven by process would probably have to wait a week or two weeks to get their their, their compete, uh, equipment fixed. So that for me was always a test. And the other great test for me was coming in the morning and I used to come in just that one hour early so I could sit and have a cup of tea with the cleaners. Absolutely. 
And it's incredible what the cleaners know <laughs> and, and the information that you pick up. And that relates from a policing perspective, relating to community intelligence. The more you engage with members of the community, the more intelligence you're going to pick up about the community, which enables you to be a better police officer. So this is the skill set that I picked up in policing. And now I use that outside of policing. So I'll speak to key individuals, not necessarily the people at the very top, but sometimes it's the people in the middle that have more information that guide me into who are the, the right people that they can introduce me into for either them to buy my services or for me to be more aware or, or have a better conversation or whatever it might be. It's those people in the middle. So uh, ordinarily we'd be thinking, go straight to the top of the organisation and you've got it made. And actually they're not the decision makers. The decision makers sit around the middle of the organisation. Mm. Yeah, undoubtedly. Everything that you've done, all the incredible things, and you've literally done a 180, you know, with your career choice. You've gone from being policing and very much in a tactical, operational, specialist arena to now managing change, digital change within organisations, which is just so, I mean, they're so far apart. It's just incredible what you've achieved. But what were the key relationships that helped you to move towards that, make, make that huge transition? So alongside that relationship building, I think, you, and you've touched on it as well, Cully, is actually uh, a degree of humility as well. Yeah. And actually understanding and recognising, and I don't just mean this from policing, I think this is across the board, when, particularly when you move from one organisation to another or a career path to another career path. It's recognising and being able to verbalise the fact that, yes, you've got certain key skills and experience that you can bring to a new organisation or to a, you know, to a different relationship. Um, but it's having the humility to be able to say, look, I know I've got these skills and experience, but I'm right at the start of my journey and I've got so much to learn. And I'm really excited about the opportunity to be able to progress within this particular organization. And, you know, I know I'm going to pick up some new skills and experience. And I know I can bring a lot here from from what I've done previously to help you as well. Um, so for me, I think it's, it is the relationship building. It's that ability to connect at a deeper level. It's fundamentally, it's being kind. It all boils down to kindness. It boils down to the fact that everyone you speak to has a story to tell everyone you speak to there'll be things that that i don't know about you but if we you know because we, we've talked about grabbing a, a cup of tea and, and and talking things through and you know i know that we will find out more about each other and every single person if you have the time to sit down be kind listen to their story that's that connection at a deeper level um and so for me the fundamentals of that emotional intelligence that um particularly within relationship building are that be kind listen listen to the story talk about them it's not about me it's about them and having that degree of humility when you when you are talking to them that you know you might be in a senior position within an organization but actually understanding that what they're doing is is key and really important is absolute fundamental so it, it boils down to being kind degree of humility and that ability to really connect with people at a deeper level uh, succinctly put um, and you know if if we can embody all of those those issues that you're describing there i think we'd be outstanding leaders uh, not just in a, the organization but in our lives uh, and in the relationships we do nurture uh, as we go through life whether it's with our kids or with complete strangers um, you know, we have a greater chance of those relationships. And I, I have found 
that the better the relationships I have with the people around me, the more I achieve. Probably the happier you are as well, Kels. And the happier you are, absolutely. It makes a massive difference. It's happiness. Yeah, and this journey is not a singular journey. It's not like me traveling on this journey alone. It's me traveling on this journey with a lot of other people. And I touch points with these people at various parts of that journey. And one might retouch, uh, uh, you know, uh, reconnect with somebody further on down that journey. But isn't it great? You know when you've got it right. Isn't it great when you are able to ring somebody up two or three years after you've last spoken to them and you still have a conversation as if it was yesterday? And that for me is the power, the demonstrable power of good relationships. Uh, And if I can just go through life and just build relationships around me of that quality, I'd be a very happy man. Absolutely. And, uh, And I think the happier you are, the more productive you are, the more productive you are, the more you achieve. And... You know, for me, there's no, there's no sort of silver bullet. There's no other magic. It is about that, and 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 of course, to have a better relationship with yourself as well. Completely, completely. And and, and I love what you talk about. You know, the, the humility. I love to surround myself with people who are more advanced, more uh, successful, more achieved than I am. Yeah. Because it always gives me something to aspire towards. It's I can't remember. It might be Steve Jobs. Isn't he? I'm going to get corrected here, I'm sure, by someone. But it's, uh, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. You're you know, it's an absolute room. classic. Yeah. But so true. You know, I, I hit my first project management role. You know, I was very naive. I'd, I'd done some project management work at, towards the tail end of my policing career. I was very fortunate. But I was surrounded by six individuals in my new role that were exceptional. And so I just, I learned from them. And in theory, I was in a, in a senior position to them. But they taught me so much and just allowing them to run and, um, you know, using, you know, the skills and experience that we picked up previously, the relationship building side of things, understanding them as people, not just as, you know, work colleagues. That made such a difference. 100%. They probably helped you because they believed in you. They had a good relationship with you and they trusted you. Uh, And otherwise that wouldn't have happened. They could have quite easily thought, well, we'll let him fail on his own accord. Uh, and, and I think that that, that is also uh, something I saw in my pleasing career throughout. And it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, it really has. I can't wait for us to meet up and have a, a, a long green tea conversation over this. Um, what, are your, what are your plans, Nick's next plans? If you have any more, if you can <laughs> squeeze any more in, what would they be now? As you know, I work full time within IT. Um, you know, I deliver some training as well. As you know, I, I do help... Um, you know, former colleagues across the UK and, and globally, in fact, um, you know, find new careers outside of policing as well. And obviously with the band, with my amazing family, uh, I'm pretty full, to be honest, with the rehearsal studios as well. I'm pretty full. So it's uh, it's more of the same. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I've got a great work-life balance at the moment. It might not sound like it, but I've got a great work-life balance and surrounded by incredible people. And, and uh, you know, genuinely, I'm, I'm truly honoured to have been asked to, to speak with you, Cole. Thank you so much. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. And of course, we need to wish good luck to your son who's doing his first GCSE exam today, if I remember. So uh, what's his name, sorry? His name's Cameron. Let's give a shout out to Cameron and wish him all the very best luck. That's really kind of you. Andy, we will catch up soon. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks so much, Carl. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please do subscribe and click on notifications for new content. And of course, connect with me on LinkedIn. Take care, have a great day.